Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Damn near 150. X-Pac 12360. Featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. It's Pac 12360, ladies and gentlemen. Hope everyone had a great week. I know I did. I think. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to convince myself. No, it's fine. Just, anyways, whatever. Who gives a shit? (laughs) On the couch, we got Jimbo. Hello, Sean. We got Denise Salcedo. Right next to Lula. The beautiful, lovely Lula. She's knocked out, but yeah. she's wearing her like super cute overall. Overall, she threw, her, yeah. she threw her flute up this morning. I'm not sure why. Aww. So, anyways. And hey, Bill. We got Bill Hanstock from muckbrocks.com. I kept my breakfast down. You did? Yeah. I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, now I can. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you wondering what Bill said, he said he kept his breakfast down. TK Trinidad. Hey, hey. I didn't Hi. have breakfast yet. So anyway. You had, you had those. Nuts? Your special nuts. <laughs> that sounded so wrong. Your special nuts and your boxed it's not, water. It's not, it's not my fault that y'all take things the wrong way. Yeah. TK has her special nuts and she snacks on the them. But Anyways. <laughs> We have a great guest this week, Austin Aries. The greatest man that ever yeah. lived. Yeah. And my, vegan. I'm really excited. My tag team partner from we, Australia. We talked about double A last week, but this week we're talking about A double. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of Austin Aries. I've said that several times <laughs> on my social media and in public. So uh, he's a Minnesota guy. Actually, he's from Waukesha, Wisconsin, but came through Eddie Sharkey School and sort of kind of followed my footsteps through that area of, you know, the independent scene there. Yeah. Was and he like Sean Devari where they were like, oh, you'll be the next Sean Walton? Everyone. Not just Devari and not just Austin Aries. Everyone <laughs> is going to be the next Sean Waltman, according to Eddie Sharkey. And there's still just been one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, looking forward to talking to Austin. Um, had, I went to Raw. I wasn't. Listen, okay. Bill hit me up and actually talked. Bill I apologize. I'm sorry, man. It's fine. Bill was like, "Hey, you want to go to Raw?" And you know, I and my friend Big Dave, he was hitting me up, and it was actually he was pretty disappointed I, that I didn't go. And then Maria hit me up, and Maria Menounos hit me up and said, "Hey, let's go to Raw. I got these 
big CEOs from Rally Health and let's go. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so sorry, Big Dave. Sorry, Bill. It's all good, man. Did you bring Lou with you? No, but uh, you know what? I want to. I want to one time. I think I'm going to. Just I didn't want to do it that, you know, because I had to take an Uber to Maria's. And uh, anyways, who cares? How do you like the show? Um, I didn't see much. I didn't see a lot of it. I I did see like, and mainly I just heard the uh, the the Matt Hardy, the Broken Hardy stuff. Oh really good stuff. And I he, he was talking to me. He was telling me about how everything went down like recently and how, you know, I don't want to s- talk too much out of school. Like, yeah. tell everyone too much of what Matt said. He might have been saying in confidence, but it seems like everything's worked itself out when it comes to that, which is cool. I'm glad to hear it because. You know, um, what's the point of owning something? Like, if you can't use it or can't let the people, like, oh, it's mine. I own this intellectual property. Being selfish. Yeah. So, okay, now, but what are you going to do with it? Like, it's for the people. They're not selling shirts. They're not doing anything. Yeah, let the people enjoy it. Jesus. Anyway, so I guess, you know, cooler heads have prevailed when it comes to that. Definitely. What do you guys think? I like that promo. Yeah, that promo was really good. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's fantastic. This is the best way to use Bray right now. Yeah, it's the best way to use Matt right now. Obviously, with Jeff out, especially, and then you can get them. You know, maybe when Jeff comes back, you'll have them recreate their amazing yeah. feud that started the whole broken storyline. Yeah, Matt was telling me how uh, how he was explaining the whole thing to Vince, and Vince was just eating it up. Oh yeah, yeah, because <laughs> awesome. he never really talked to him about it. That's right. Like before, just really recently. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like in the last few weeks. It's a great start to the to bring in the broken character over here now as the woken yeah. character. It's a great start. <clears throat> I just really, I, I want them to keep all the parts of it that made it so good, and I I just hope that they do like stuff at the compound and like do those vignettes that like Matt's in charge yeah. of instead of like just doing whatever stuff backstage or whatever. Well, here yes, I agree. I and. I worry about it getting too overproduced as far as, like, too, like, because the, the charm of that whole thing was how they, like, got everything done, like, and just use a lot of creativity and not necessarily a huge budget. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that made it such a phenomenon is it still, it doesn't look like anything else. It certainly didn't look like anything else Impact was doing. Yeah. It didn't look like anything else pro wrestling has ever done before. Because it's just these people over here with a completely different production value, completely different way of shooting things. They're just doing their thing over here, and it doesn't look like anything else. Um, and 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 as as much as WWE tries to branch out from time to time, anytime they try and do something different, it just ends up looking like WWE. Yeah. Like even when they tried to do their own thing, when they sent the New Day to the Wyatt's compound, it was like really like overproduced, a lot of cross cuts, a lot of. Sure. Interesting angles. So, I, I just hope that they're able to let Matt be in charge of Matt. Which I, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, probably as much as they can, but I don't see it being like, like you're it's saying. It's not going to be like it was before, and I know that. But as long as they let him do some of the aspects, like no. do it at the compound, have Rebby and Senior Benjamin and Vanguard one in it, like do some of that stuff instead of just like cutting to Matt backstage with everybody else with the clanging poles and stuff. Sure. Like, yeah. 
Well, one of the good things, too, is that even though obviously there was like all these like legal battles or whatever for this, that not too much time went by to where people didn't like fully react to it, which is good because now it's at a point it came out where people are still like, OK, like this is good. It's back. It's happening. And not too much time went by. Yeah. And I think of any character to put him against, Bray Wyatt is the best fit for this. Because anyone else, it might be like, well, what is Matt Hardy doing? Why This is weird. But with Bray Wyatt, it fits. And then you're excited. What vignettes is Bray Wyatt going to come back with? And where's the story going to go? So how cool, is it that, how cool is it that before they were even back in the WWE, uh, they were going back and forth on social yeah. media and kind of shooting their own angle? Almost exactly one year ago, and Matt just quote tweeted it, Yeah, almost exactly one year ago they were going back and forth and Bray Wyatt said you know where to find us. Mm-hmm. And so Matt quote tweeted that, that and said like, one Luna cycle later. <laughs> I knew you'd come. See, you know, like you can really influence things into happening sure. by doing things like that. And it's not just, okay, wow, it's funny how that how they ended up there. No, it's not funny. They made that happen. Yeah. Like, you know, it's you put that out in the universe and, and shit happens. Well, they even did um, something on Total Divas a couple weeks ago where uh, they, they showed behind the scenes where when Lana was pinned by Naomi and that was supposed to be her last oh, yeah, match yeah, yeah. ever mm-hmm. in WWE, and then she a, fan, the a fan took a screen cap of her shoulder being up during the three count. And Lana took it upon herself to retweet that out and then just gained steam. got Steve. two matches out of that. Oh, good. Nice. So I was talking to Matt and I was like, Matt, you know, I, I got to be honest with you, Matt. When you first started doing that broken Matt stuff on Twitter, I thought like I'm like I said, Matt, we've had we've both been there. We've had our issues and we've had our, you know been in the darkness. And I was like I was worried about you, man. I thought you lost your freaking mind, <laughs> like seriously. And we were just kind of laughing about it because like either he did or he's brilliant. Like he's the genius. And like I'm going with well, the they genius. say genius and insanity are just right on the yeah, but right? it's. Whatever, a little of both. It's so good, and I know some people shit on it, and and I understand why. But they're just, I wish they could look at it through, through the lenses of the people that that get it, you know. And the good thing is, this is also bringing up another argument where it's, um, I believe, Impact is now letting people keep their intellectual property, which is good because you know sometimes that holds other wrestlers from joining certain companies sure. because they're worried yeah. about their character and having to rebrand and all of this stuff. So it's kind of, you know, brought this awareness where if you create something or you are known for something, that you should be able to take it places with you. Here's how I think. I I think it can be a. A situation where both sides can feel like they got, you know, uh, that they won. I think that uh, when somebody goes there and they create something that they should be able to take it with them. But when they go, uh, the company should still be able to exploit that, like, and still market it as well. Yeah. You know, kind of like does, you know, in WWE, like people that come in there with their names and they don't change their names and then they leave. But WWE still has the right to uh, exploit their likeness. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I do too. Totally. Totally. Because, I mean, you know, you're creating this, but you're getting to, uh, to you're display it. Yeah, to, you're giving it. So, yes. I'm, I'm for everyone. National. I'm for there being, like, you know, everyone getting a piece. Like, mm-hmm. you would not have to be greedy here. Everyone can win. So, what else is up? Time for some news? Yeah. Time for some news? Break it down. <laughs> Time is some news. 
Hello? Like peas and rice. <laughs> rice and peas. Rice and peas. Hey, so we're going to do news right now. Yeah, there we are. So, um, Impact Wrestling has two new presidents, two new vice presidents, excuse me. Um, they announced that Don Callis and Scott D'Amour has joined the company as executive vice presidents. So, do you think that's going to change the kind of scope of it? Because they've been doing, going through a lot of changes over the last couple of months. So, you think these choices uh, are... Well, the thing is, my perspective, Scott Scott D'Amour, I, I like Scott. He's, he's really, you know... Um, He's he's smart, like he knows what's up. He knows what to do. Uh, but he's like he's been there before, you know. When things weren't, you know, I don't. I the 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 one that that I'm waiting to see how 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 Jesus Christ, I'm having a hard time spitting <laughs> things out this morning or this afternoon. Easy for you to say. No shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let me try this again. I'm waiting to see how how Don Callis does. As I mean, we've already seen like Scott, and mm-hmm. I'm like I said, I'm a fan of Scott's, and he's really competent, and I'm happy to see him there. Uh, but Don Callis is the one I want to see like what he brings to the table. Yeah. I think this is also good because it might reopen up those relationships with Ring of Honor, with New yeah. Japan, and we might see you know kind of like the the heightening of impact mm-hmm. again, where it could yeah. be. It has so much potential to connect with all of these different companies and now they can kind of work together and be like that strong suit and I think with both of these guys I think that can happen I think it's I I, I hope that's what happens I liked how well, when there were a lot more companies uh, in existence a lot more promotions in existence in Japan they would work together a lot more and and it, there's this old mentality that that is Still with us, with a lot of people that okay, if you're the competition, we gotta, we gotta put you out of business. We gotta destroy you. We gotta freaking kill you. That's that's the old way of doing it. That it doesn't have to be like that. And and I just don't think it's healthy. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah, for sure. Um, that th- those that's already like those, the wheels are already in motion there. They're. Um, what uh, the plan from what I've heard is that New Japan's going to send some of their younger boys or some of their lower card people to Impact to do some stuff. Uh, same with ROH, and they're going to see how it goes. And if if things are truly different now than they were before, because you know ROH and and New Japan have tried partnerships with them before and it didn't work out so well in the past, but they're they're going to give it a shot. Um, Don Callis has been working those intermediaries. Uh, thing he's still with new japan as a commentator he's not leaving that position so yeah. so that those those wheels are already in motion they're going to reopen the the new japan and roh pipeline and we'll see we'll see if it all works out i think this is great for fans to just get eyes on wrestling because some fans that watch impact might not know about new japan and then they see a new japan guy and so on and so forth years back uh TNA did a fan poll, like vote for who you want to see wrestle, and Austin Aries won that mm-hmm. poll when he was still in Ring of Honor and got to wrestle on the pay per view. Yeah. And that was the first time I ever saw him wrestle on the pay per view, and he instantly was like, "Who is this guy? Let me go look him up." And let, so it'll just help more exposure for wrestling. Speaking yeah. of Austin Aries, well, actually our guest today. That's right. I well, think we mentioned that already, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Well, I also think that what Jimbo said ties into what you said about wrestlers getting more exposure because, you know, obviously there's fans, there's WWE fans that don't watch TNA and maybe think like, oh, maybe that company should be killed or whatever. You know, people have had that mentality in the past. But if it wasn't for other companies, other guys like AJ Styles, Bobby Roode wouldn't have this time to be... Samoa Joe. So many guys, the list can go on and on, wouldn't have the time to be displayed. Therefore, later on, have futures in, in WWE and so on and so forth and in other places. So I think that... Obviously, working together, having different promotions work together and spotlight different wrestlers is what's going to help help everyone later on in the future. Uh, can I bring something up real quick? It's not on the list. Of course. Okay. While you're t- while you we're talking, made the list. While we're talking about <laughs> hijacking the show over here. <laughs> well, while we're talking about Samoa Joe, while Samoa Joe uh-huh. came up, and we've seen how much better Samoa Joe is being utilized in NXT, especially, but in, on WWE than he was when he had like the stuff the on, his on his face and had that was the worst. Shady. But. I uh, hated that for Live that. at Raw, you were there too. Uh, live at Raw, myself, Brandon Stroud from Uproxx, we got so excited when Joe did the interrupting the ring announcements. Yeah. And then we found out later that it wasn't on TV. It just happened during the commercial break. And it felt like such an important like star-making thing. Like The arena went nuts for it. But it's just such a bummer. It, wasn't, it was only for the arena. It wasn't for TV. Do you think that there's a chance that... That whoever's in charge of Vince or whoever is trying to see what Joe can do when it's not on TV before he gives him the chance to do that on TV? Is that how things work? Ever? I don't know, man. I Maybe. But you know what also, I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. But, um, but also maybe they just didn't anticipate that, you know, hey, we'll just do this for, you know, off the air and mm-hmm. then we'll come back on air. Maybe they saw how how well it worked and maybe they'll maybe they'll use it on yeah. on air next next week who knows i don't know do they sort of just uh, for commercial breaks do they just give him free reign like do whatever you want yeah. for the commercial break yeah because okay. joe, yeah, joe had a part. live mic during the commercial break so you would think that they would have to know that he was going to do something during the commercial break yeah but like what do you know what the mentality is between behind like let's do this on commercial is it just to keep the crowd engaged or it's to and it's to keep the crowd engaged, but also you don't want to like waste anything, you know, big moves or big spots or right. whatever. Um, right. When we're off air, risk getting hurt while while the people can't see it, things like that. Uh, so yeah, people just it, you know what? And since you brought that up, it's you know when we would go to break, like a lot of times we you know. That's when the action dies down, mm-hmm. and it would. It used. I remember at first when we first started doing that, it was so uncomfortable, waiting and waiting and waiting to come back on mm-hmm. commercial. You know, come back from commercial, but like you, you had to do it. You couldn't. You know. Yeah. You couldn't waste. You know that stuff yeah. off off air. Well, I've noticed now when they do the picture in picture stuff, there's stuff that that it's you can now, do. Yeah. That's not, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna injure yourself or kill yourself, but there's still like little minor spots and transitional moves. Yeah, that no, aren't yeah, just they do things. Little, yeah, they yeah. do things, and they do things to, because people are, yeah. you know, that's a that's an idea that I gave to, to TNA mm-hmm. when they were trying to do their big war against <laughs> WWE. Right. You know, I'm like to keep the people, you know, don't you know, just do like a picture in picture. And, mm-hmm. Like I thought that was my idea that I came up with it, but apparently NASCAR had kind of done yeah, something been like doing that. that for a long time. Yeah, but yeah. still, I mean, no one had done it with wrestling before, so yeah, that could have been the Sean Waltman spot. <laughs> yeah, all these big, 
huge ideas I've had yeah. don't get credit for. All the, I'm all so the, sick of it. In 2017, all the agents backstage would be doing like, let's do the Waltman gimmick where we do the picture in picture. Yeah, right. You need to start recording your ideas, writing them down, doing like a video vlog. Like, I just had this idea. That way I'll people like can credit Mike, you. Michael Keaton and Sean, Shift. Sean, give us the exclusive. When's the Sean Waltman book finally coming out? Yeah. He's been working to, on it. Talk to Kevin. All right. <laughs> it's going interesting book. It's going to be great. Well, when you finally get ready to announce it, make sure that you give your show the exclusive on it. <laughs> you know what? I fail to do that quite often. <laughs> Trying to be front and buddy system with you yeah. know, Sam Roberts. or Like, I got news to break. Let me go over to TMZ. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, but that's worth it. Come on. That's family. Yeah. That's family mm. right here. All right. What else? A WWE superstar is getting his star on the Walk of Fame. Oh, man. I hope it's uh, D'Lo. The Rock is getting his star. The Rock, the Rock. She's been waiting for this story to talk about this story though since we started. I love The Rock. She's you don't understand how I, uh, I, yeah. Um, the Rock is getting his star December thirteenth. I'm really excited. It's also in pairing of um, Jumanji's coming out a couple days later, so it's gonna be a whole a whole event. Um, I'm really, 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 really excited. Do you get really. to go to the? I mean, I can. <laughs> If but no, to. it's on if Wednesday, to, isn't it? Yeah. Next, it's next Wednesday. Yeah. So, are we gonna go? <laughs> the whole cruise. <laughs> we go to Hollywood. Live from, uh, Star Walk of Fame. This is the first Chinese ever remote theater. show. Yeah. I wonder what. I wonder what uh, piece of real estate he's getting the star. It's Hollywood I, and Highland. I bet it's not going to be as close to Kermit the Frog as Vince's Vince McMahon. Is. I was just right next to. They Kermit said the Frog. Hollywood and Highland, that's, so I'm either thinking that's um, right where like Vince and Kermit are across yeah. from the El Capitan. Oh, okay. Because Kevin Hart got his by the Marshalls by the Chinese Theater, so I'm assuming it's going to be because that's really high real estate yeah. as far as celebrities who get their stars there. Yeah. So I walk down the street a little ways and I see all those old ass stars and people you don't even. Yeah. <laughs> I might know who some of them are, but well, I guarantee you, most people. Like, who when the you hell come is out that? of that uh, subway stop, like the first star you see is Kermit, the second star you see is Vince McMahon. Yeah. and then uh, Trump is there yeah. too, President but, Trump. So something that's either. <laughs> Completely surprising or not at all surprising, depending on like how you view the world or whatever. Rock and Vince are the only two people involved in pro wrestling who have stars Trump. on the Walk of Fame at all. Trump, <laughs> President Trump, not, not counting like guest stars like Trump and Cindy Lauper, uh, Alice That's Cooper. That's kind of weird. I why, like Hulk Hogan doesn't have one. Hulk Hogan doesn't have one. Gorgeous George doesn't have one. Uh, Ric Flair doesn't have one. This Andre is doesn't bullshit. Have one. You know who doesn't have one? Andy Kaufman doesn't even have a star on the Walk of Fame. Huh. I think you should get one for $30,000. Is that what the yeah. deal is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. But norm but, but the way it works is almost always it's not the people ponying up for it's it or whatever. It's a production whatever. company. It's it's either a production company or it's a committee that gets together and they're like this person should have a star on the Walk of Fame. That's how Adam West finally got one. Well, and some people got together and they're like, "Let's get up some money, yeah. shit yeah. like that." Yeah. yeah. So the committee decides. So the the people on like for instance the Rock side puts all this information to saying why he deserves a star. And then um, the committee approves it. And then given the fact that are you calling the rock now? Yeah. Okay. Me and freedom make that big of a commotion. No <laughs> I'm just saying you're calling him. I, I will definitely, you know, I just said it. Um, so when the rock, when they say the rock can get it, then uh, they paid $30,000. But because the movie's coming out, Jumanji, most likely that production yeah, company yeah, is the yeah. one that paid foot well, up, foot the bill. But, uh, in June of last year, mm -hmm. they announced that The Rock was going to be part of the two seven, 2017 class of people getting stars in the Walk of mm -hmm. Fame. He's just sneaking in. Into the walk. But I know they, I know they planned it for a week before yeah. Jumanji. But yeah, 
because Kevin Hart got his the day his movie premiered. <laughs> like they, the timing is especially this current celebrities. The timing is very um, good for them. Yes. But yeah, very yeah, beneficial. And it's a great crossover to wrestling fans, movie fans, all sorts of fans just coming. He's together. just amazing. Yeah, and looks great the shirt off. <laughs> looks great with yeah. his shirt on too. <laughs> you should see him naked. You <laughs> see him naked? Come on! I you worked should. with the guy at wrestling. I have so many questions. Sean's seen every dong yes. in the business. Yes. Is it a good dong? Some of them twice. House is hog. It's fine. <laughs> You guys heard it. That's the exclusive. <laughs> That's it's like exclusive. It's, about, it's, like it's about that big. Is yeah. it really? No, I don't. Oh. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you heard it here first, everybody. Dwayne Johnson, decent hog. It's fine. I, I, I didn't notice it being too small. It was like, yeah. oh my gosh, you need to put something on that. Because you only notice if it's huge or if it's too small. Exactly. Has he got an anteater? No, I don't think so. No. I gotta say though, The Rock <laughs> is the only person that my grandma will sit down and watch when wrestling's on TV, and she'll just be like, "Oh, like she'll speak Spanish and just talk about him," and we'll watch his movie. She's like goes crazy for The Rock. Yeah, so he has that huge impact where it just gets people impact. And he huge has, impact. and he has that impact too. Even though the the movie like um, Baywatch was not that good, but people still still made hundreds he's, of millions. Yeah, of he he he's doing. Yeah, I made hundred. But have you seen the movie? Race to Witch Mountain was uh, not that good. But. Yeah, a lot. Some of his movies are just like you watch it because it's him. But if there's anybody else in the movie, you'll be like, "This is terrible." Like I. That's go how Elvis movies were. Yeah. That's how they were. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but I, I don't think that. I, I trust, hey, listen. The Rock has way better movies than Elvis did. Way yes. better. Come on, yeah. Run Down. I mean, that was Clam Bake. Yeah. What? Clambake, right? Clam Rock didn't do Clambake. No, Clam no, Bake. I'm talking about Elvis. Yeah, oh. I'm talking about Rock. Oh, you're talking about the good rundown. Yeah, the rundown was awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, all that yeah. stuff. And his Instagram? Walking Tall wasn't bad That's at all. That's what it's called. Yeah, Walking yeah. Tall. And Central Intelligence wasn't bad either. With who? His, his pairing with Kevin Hart. And Get Smart was and fine, too. it's been too. a really long time since a rock movie hasn't made a profit. Like, even Hercules, the movie, like, everybody yeah. crapped on Hercules. It made... People still go. $250 million on a $100 million budget. Yeah. San Andreas did well. Yeah. yeah even yeah, though really it was well. kind of yeah. shit on. Moana. Uh, yeah. How does, does everyone... Moana's the Moana. only good one recently where it's just, like, it's... I, I like Central Intelligence. It was, it's good, but it's, like, if you're not into that campy, like, sure, comedy. Sure, sure. But I Moana overall... Hey, wasn't there an issue with... with uh, wasn't there an issue, like, the whole Moana thing? That was supposed to, like... There was talk of that several years back, wasn't there? Don't you remember that? And there being like a uh, like an issue with the Hawaiians so not wanting him to do something because he's Samoan and not Hawaiian. And there was uh, that was a that was an actual there deal. Was, at there one was point, also a, a few years there was ago. also a bit of a backlash that people thought that the Maui character portrayed um, the Pacific Islanders yeah. as overweight. But I thought it was just huh. big. Like that was my reading of it. It's just Maui's just a big demigod not Pacific Islanders are generally pretty big people right. I don't understand what the I don't get that I mean come on I mean yeah well for the most well, part we're talking about Rock and how, how much box office success and clout he has how does everyone think Ferdinand's gonna do I think it's going to do great. I think it's going to do well. It's going to be. It's that's like, John Cena's new movie where he plays the bull that yeah, doesn't want to fight Ferdinand anything. Ferdinand the bull, the retelling of the Ferdinand the bull. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to, especially for the the, the holidays. Yeah, kids are coming it, out of school. Yeah. That and Coco are the only animated movies out. Um, for Coco's killing Christmas, it. Yeah, right? Coco's killing it. it. Right. But, you guys kind of looked, rolled your eyes at me on the 
Pacific Islanders are big no, people. No, 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 no. I'm with you on that. Am I like, I'm not, now I'm wondering, did I just say it's, something no. I'm going to no, get in trouble for? Ask, ask any recruiter at Oregon's <laughs> yeah, University. Yeah, that's uh, all our, yeah. But I mean, obviously, stereotypes are based on something. That's yeah. why it's a stereotype. But obviously, everybody doesn't fall into that stereotype. But yeah, I mean, they're they're big dudes. Well, six I, also two, think, six four. I also think the movie Moana has a lot of representation of all sorts of body types of Pacific Islanders. Mm hmm. Yeah, like Mari's not the only Pacific like, yeah. Islander in the film. Yeah, they're all Pacific Islanders. Well, you know, it's one of those things where it's the society that we're in right now. That's it. So, so hey, you know, so are you calling yeah. the Rock? Is this what? what no, I'm not. <laughs> Dwayne, it's Sean. How's the hog? I'm I mean, not, but we got shit. <laughs> just want to see how many inches you really are. <laughs> uh, but I didn't talk to Brian Gewertz about coming on the show. Oh, oh that'd be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Poor guy. I, well, he's not poor now. He's doing freaking great. But oh my god, we put him through hell, and I was a huge part of that. Mm. Uh, we to make amends live on the air. I'm not, I'm not afraid to do that. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, but I mean, it's it's not for that. I just, I mean, it would be really cool to talk to him. Oh yeah, no, he's got a million stories yeah. to tell. Yeah. So, hey, I think unless there's anything more you guys want to talk about, is everybody okay I with think, the fires? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're Shout good. out to the fire men For keeping now. us safe out there. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to take a break right now. We're going to come back with Austin Aries. Yeah. What's up, party people? Roxy Stryer here from The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the mad millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. Hey, Xbox 12360 fans, I just want to tell you two ways that you can support the show to help it grow. First, if you've ever wanted a shout-out or surprise message for various occasions from me, all you have to do is visit celebdm.com slash Sean Waltman to request a video today. Not only does it support the show, but a portion of the proceeds go to charity. Second, visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman. That's the only place to grab shirts with the X-Pac 12360 logo, Wolfpack, or many other designs. If you pick up a shirt, make sure to tweet us using the hashtag X-Pac 12360. That's CelebVM.com slash Sean Waltman for a personal message from me, X-Pac. And ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman for X-Pac, Wolfpack, and X-Pac 12360 gear. Thanks for supporting the show. Now let's get back to it. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Joining us on the phone right now. Just came through customs. I'm, I, I think he said just came through customs. Got back from the UK. There we go, everyone. He's at the airport. <laughs> Austin Aries, everyone. Make some noise. <laughs> hey, man. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, everyone. Right on, yeah. So what's that lady saying right now, Austin? What's that? What's that lady saying on the loudspeaker right now? I don't know. I'm trying to trying to block her out. Some of the the dangerous gels and liquids that somehow become less dangerous uh, when you put them in a magic plastic bag. That's right. Hey man. Yes. Hey. So hey, thank you, thank you so much, man. I I know like it was last minute. 
I called you and uh, asked you to come on the show, and uh, um, it's got to be a little bit of a pain in the ass just coming through customs, man, so I'm really grateful. Yeah, no, no problem. I, I have the dates and stuff because you said tomorrow, and I was in England, so I was thinking tomorrow. Ah. Uh, so I was like, so uh, I actually even scheduled a lunch like another like twenty, thirty minutes. So we landed a little early, and this is all going to work out. So uh, it's the, all good. The universe made it happen, man. Hey, yes, so sir. so what were you just? How long were you just in the UK? Did you go from Australia right to the UK? I went from Australia right to uh, Milwaukee for a few days. Oh, that's did, uh, right. Yeah. Hardcore show there with Dreamer, yeah. and then went right to the UK for two days. Yeah. Now I'm going to be home for four days, and then go back to the UK for a week. Wow. Yeah, because I remember you told me you had a, a, a long stretch over there. But, yeah, I don't know why I didn't remember that you were just in, in, uh, in your own hometown, Waukesha, for a show. What's that? You were just in your own hometown. for How was it performing in front of your own hometown, man? Uh, it was awesome. It was great. Talk, I mean, uh, I've been wanting to uh, perform there for quite some time. And uh, so, you know, I got the opportunity with House of Hardcore. All my friends and family came out. And, um, yeah, it was a great night all around. It was great to see a lot of old faces, some familiar faces. And uh, really, the crowd was, you know, the crowd was packed in there. And I thought they uh, you know, got a really good night of professional wrestling action. And it sounds like from the Twitch standpoint, they had about almost half a million half views a million. on Twitch. Yes. Yeah, which which jumped up quite a bit from the hundred and hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy five thousand they did from the show before. Which I like to think that half of them half of them tuned in just to see if I was going to completely melt down and do some like twenty minute promo where I just (laughs) started crying in the middle of the ring or something. But uh, but no, all jokes aside, man, it's um, it's very telling that you're you're seeing that that type of viewership for House of Hardcore. Yeah, and and what and you know I saw a picture from like up in the up in the stands looking down at the at the venue and it looked like it was full it looked like a hell of a crowd man and and it's not yeah. that it's not easy to draw a crowd up in that area no and you know what you know Dave Hero's been doing it for a number of years and and he's kind of built that and now Tommy's taking it over and taking yeah. it to that next level and uh you know I think too I like to think that you know having me a part of the card helped being being kind of the hometown kid of like course. really Waukesha, Wisconsin is where I grew up, so I knew a lot of actual people came out uh, on my side to support me. So, uh, but yeah, man, it was a great crowd, great atmosphere, and, and all around, uh, just you know, a really cool night of professional wrestling. Yeah, and uh, and we we teamed, and uh, it was really cool teaming with you over in uh, Australia, man. That was a that was a great tour. I just I was late late sending a tweet out last night. Uh, it was like it, and and I meant every word in it, man. It was an honor uh, being on that tour with you guys. It was really fun. Oh, I agree 100%. Uh, you know, they got a good thing going on over there with World Series Wrestling. And, uh, you know, I'm look, looking forward to going back in March. Hopefully we get you back over there, too. And yeah. we, can, we can do some more tag team action. I think we got some legs there. You've got a hot young up-and-coming tag team. That's it, man. <laughs> they, should, <laughs> they should have a tag tournament. Or is that is that the thing that they're going to do in March? Yeah, I think it would be like, a, you know, we, we crowned the, the World Series Wrestling Champion. Uh, this this uh, tour, which... Uh, you know, very happy to say uh, I was able to capture uh, by the end of the tour, and yeah, I think come March they're going to do the, the tag championships. And I and they got uh, the young bucks, young bucks coming over there. The Briscoes yes. uh, so far been announced. In the first night, the the first night of the tour, I think it was Melbourne. They showed the uh, on the on the big screen. They showed the 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 young bucks. They they shot a little promo, and the people went went apeshit yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah, man, those guys are as hot as anybody right now. So to be yeah. able to, you know, to get them coming over and contributing for, for World Series wrestling is huge. And on the last night, hey, man, um, 
I came out and watched your match with Ricochet and uh, and um, and it was at the. It, I watched the Triple Threat. You Ricochet and and um, who's the other guy? Brian Cage. No. Brian. Brian. Yeah, Brian Cage. Oh no! It was you in a singles match versus Ricochet and and Brian Cage yeah, came out. Yes, that's right. What a what a match, man! You guys killed it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Obviously, Ricochet right now, as far as you know, high flyers and, and some of the things he does that's likely is, is at a different level. And uh, you know, I think there's a part of me that feels at this point in my career, maybe I've been written off by some people. Uh, and you know, it's my opportunity to go out there and show that that I can still perform at a high level and, and get there with the best of them. And, and you know, um, I think I proved that. I think this tour for me, it kind of it kind of relit a fire under my ass. Yeah, I um, can tell, man. Because we talked, we talked, we talked, we talked a little bit about it. Yeah. You know, just you know, some of the difficulties you can have when when you kind of, when your when your creativity gets taken away from you, uh, when you're being told who you are and who you aren't, uh, you can start to believe that shit. That's and, right. And uh, sometimes you'll go out there and remind yourself exactly who you know who you are and who you can be. Yeah, man. We get sometimes we get like that, and our head gets filled with doubt, man. And it's and it's BS, yeah. man. You know, because I saw that. I could tell. I could tell that like. You had a little bit of that, like even at the start of the tour, and but like it went away really quick, man, because you were killing it every night. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm just, honestly, dude, when you get, I'm just when being you get honest, with man. guys, getting the guys to a caliber of Ricochet and Brian Cage, you you, you have to step your game up, right? Uh, uh, they're they're going to bring it. They're hungry, and you need to you need to come with that same hunger and and uh, perform. So it was a great tour for me, uh, you know, in a number of aspects. Obviously, getting to hang with you guys, team with you yeah. was awesome. I mean, financially, I think everybody was really happy. We were happy with how professionally, happy. How, how professionally it was run. Uh, but then for me personally, uh, yeah, it just kind of reinvigorated me too. Yeah, and also you brought a case of books over and you came back with none. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I sold, yeah, man, I sold three boxes of books in the first three nights, and unfortunately uh, for Sydney, there was nothing left. So I'll uh, make sure that I, I, have, I have some extra ones over there next time. Yeah, what my producer on the couch over here, uh, Jimbo, he's wearing your shirt right now. This is vegan. The, awesome. Yeah, the the Y Gen- Generation X. Yeah, why? Because one. it's good for you. Be, Which I had to explain y. to somebody on Twitter. It's like, why you, is yeah. there a Y? Why isn't there a V? It's like, why? Question mark. Because it's good for you. They got yes. it. Yeah, they got right. It. And I don't want you know. You already had a Generation X. We're, we're taking the next step to the Generation Y. You know, it's, yeah. it's the next progression. You guys should be so. Generation Abs with the two of you. Hmm. Hey, well, so, man, no kidding. Hey, so about that about that shitty ring we worked in <laughs> in Brisbane. <laughs> oh man, oh man. Yeah, that was uh, that was something else. Yeah, uh, well, you know what? Listen, uh, when 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 we got there, the first the first person who came up to me was actually the man contracted that evening for the ring. Yeah. That's why I make this clear that this wasn't this wasn't World Series wrestling ring. This wasn't Adrian Monero. This was the man that he contracted to provide the ring, and you know. The guy really uh, misrepresented the quality of the ring, uh, the condition of the ring. And so when I walked in, he was actually the first guy to come up to me. So I introduced himself. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy with the ring. If there's anything, you know, anything about it, let me know. And just from the eye test, I said, well, what's up with the, uh, the slip and slide yeah. tarp? You know, there's no canvas on there, which is always one of the first things that I, I hate to, uh, to compete on. You know that that thing gets wet, that gets oily, that becomes a becomes a a, a risk real quick. Slip and slide. Exactly. So you know, yeah, it really is. And uh, you know, he's like, well, we have people you know wiping it down in between matches. And so well, that's great. But what about during the match? Because the first time you go for a, a pinfall on a guy, 
first time a guy's laying on, on that thing, it's going to get slick, and so that creates a hazard. And uh, he had some reason and excuse why that wasn't why he didn't have the canvas. But um, you know, I didn't get a chance to get in the ring before we went out there, and yeah. and uh, when I actually got in the ring, man, it was it was ten times worse than it looked. There was uneven padding. There wasn't padding in some places, uh, and, and the main place there wasn't any padding was on the aprons. Yeah. And again, in that tag match, we had a lot of exposed metal, and I got my eye busted open. On, you know, not not by my opponent, but by the ring. Yeah. And uh, I was I was a little hot. I'm not going to lie, uh, as, as I'm sure you you heard afterwards. And um, <laughs> see, I had a few choice words. I had a few choice words, and I appreciate you uh, cluing the cluing the fans in a little bit more because I probably could have been a little more in depth was, uh, with why I was so upset. Yeah, hey, I don't blame you, man. But, I really don't. Yeah, it wasn't the ideal way to end the. Uh, and the the <laughs> our our segment, so to speak, but but bro, yeah, take that's a, how, take hey, a roller coaster ride, Sean. We had we had yes. up high, and I just wanted to yank the carpet off from underneath. Yeah, them, you know? but the thing, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, man, is I wouldn't worry about it so much, man, because it, just keep it real, man. Just keep being you. I and yeah, sometimes that, you might rub yeah. people the wrong way, sometimes, but hey, man, it's keeping it real, and that's what the people want, really. And, and that's and that's where that's where I'm at. And that's why you know I've adopted this you know moniker of the truth because that's really that's that's the last thing that, that's the only thing you can give people. Yeah. And uh, you know in this in this profession where everyone's constantly working you, and nobody and nobody can and you know nobody you feel like nobody really is giving you the truth. Yeah. I want to be the one person that that people can look at and say that that's exactly what's happening. And yeah. um, you know as far as this goes, I know a lot of the boys thanked me. Uh, they thanked me for saying what they were thinking. Uh, you know, the gentleman whose ring it was actually thanked me for calling him out publicly because he said now he's under the microscope and he has to get that fixed and get that right. What else? You can't put the performers at risk. What was that guy going to actually say, though, other than come with his hat in his hand and, and beg off like that? Like, like he sh- that's exactly what he should have done. <laughs> I'm in the middle of an interview, sir. I just need to get, get through here. Hey, are you, you getting know, asked for an autograph? Honestly, right. You're in customs right now, right? You're not supposed to use your phone at all. I understand. Okay, right now I'm going to interview. My, no one could actually be here when I'm saying. My apologies. What's going on? He's going through cuts. Can I just... I thought I was through the process. I just, I thought I was just getting my bags here. Here, you can't use your phone. No, I understand. I understand. Thank you. Where are you coming? England. How long were you there? Two days. What's the purpose? Business. How much money are you traveling with? How much money am I traveling with? I got probably a couple of grand on me. How much a couple of grand? Like, like I didn't count it. Like a couple grand. No, not that much. A couple grand. It's like two. Thank this you. This is good stuff. <laughs> hey, this is good shit. <laughs> this is the kind of shit you won't hear usually. <laughs> get, getting, bu- getting, getting busted here by, uh, hey, no, busted here by security. Hey, it's Very great. secure here. Hey, we're loving it. We're loving it. <laughs> yeah, how much money you travel with? A couple of grand. How much is a couple? Eight or nine? No, a couple's two. Uh, that's tell, a couple. I'll tell you off air about my my coming back through customs. Boy, that's a story. I'm not going to share with me? on air. Yeah, yeah we're right. fine. The, we're fine. <laughs> All right, we're good. Okay. So, anyways. Well, you talk, you talk about this new moniker, The Truth. And speaking how you feel, do you think maybe in like down the line for you there might be a segment or maybe a show of your own where you sit and not really critique other wrestlers, but you just tell people how it is for people that want advice on their career and you just tell them the truth? 
One more time, you'll break up me just a little bit. Uh, like, do, maybe down the line for you, a segment or a show of your own where you just tell people the truth, like young, inspiring wrestlers that would ask you to watch their match and get a critique, but you just tell them like it is? Yeah, I mean, there could be something to that. Uh, I'm definitely, I got some stuff in the works. Um, after, after doing some of these podcasts and things, uh, I realized there could be some interest in that. You know, I can bring a little different uh, perspective and a little different slant on your typical wrestling podcast. And uh, so, you know, I think, uh, you know, getting into 2018, there's some stuff that could come to fruition that would get, allow me the platform to do something like that. Because well, we all love wrestling, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I like to say wrestling is what I do for a living. It's not who I am. And for a long time, I thought maybe it was who I am, but I realized that I'm so much more. And uh, that doesn't mean I don't love wrestling and I don't give my everything to it, but uh, there's a lot more to me than just just professional wrestler Austin Aries, and I think that you know what, a lot of people are interested in that. You know, that's that's the type of stuff they can identify with and connect with. And you know, even my House of Hardcore promo, which you know, it had very strong reactions on both sides. But but at the end of the day, um, you know, I want to go out there. I know what people were expecting me to say, and I want to go out there and deliver something that was different, and uh, and also. You know, just kind of, again, come on and tell the truth. You know, I'm, I'm a real person like everybody else. Just because I get to do something really cool for a living, or I portray a, a larger-than-life character or a real-life superhero, uh, I'm just a regular person like a lot of people out there deal with the same issues, uh, you know, have the same feelings, and I think it's important to share that. I really enjoyed this promo at House of Hardcore. I thought, for lack of a better word, it was the truth. You were honest with yourself and with the crowd, and when you said, I'm a baby face, I believe in these, and I have morals, and... And this is how I want to wrestle, and this is how I want to be in life. And I could point tons of fingers, but I really need to look in the mirror and focus on myself. How could anyone not relate to that? So yeah, I really and, enjoyed and this let's be promo. Fair. People, I thought it was people great. don't come to a wrestling show. People don't come to a wrestling show to to uh, talk about those things. They, they, they come there to forget about their problems, not to not to face them, not to have to be faced with them. And uh, so I, I get why for some people that wasn't exactly what they wanted, and especially those you know those four guys in the front row. Um, you know, they, they were the first ones to kind of get, you know, get my ass a little bit and start heckling me. But, you know, I thought to myself, you know, if you're, if you're a 40 year old man and you're eight, eight years in on a Saturday night front row of a wrestling show, you can't tell me that you're happy with all the facts into your life. Because if you were, I don't think that's where you'd be. I don't think that's how you'd be acting. Uh, but, you know, right after the match, those were the first four guys to get up in the front row and, and I, I gave them all a hug and they told me how much they appreciated me. And, uh, and that's what it's about at the end of the day. Like, it's, it's not so much. Uh, you know, shitty things are going to come your way in life. Shitty people are going to come your way in life. What you do with it is up to you. So, Austin, you mentioned that you had a hard time, you know, some difficulties and whatnot. What was your process like mentally to kind of get back out there and continue in this industry? You're going to have to give me that one one more time. So, you know, you mentioned that you had a hard time, you know, some rough patches. What was it like mentally to get back out there and continue in this industry? What was your process like? I don't know why I don't know why I can't hear you. I can hear everybody else fine. Oh, can you get me now? Hello? Hi. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, perfect. All right, so I wanted to know, what was your process like in terms of getting back out there? I know you mentioned you were going through a rough patch. What was it like mentally to get back out there in this industry? Uh, well, you know, obviously I had, I had to buy my time. You know, I had some restrictions as far as my no compete clause. And during that time, my mind was just getting healthy. You know, I had, I had a hernia disc in my neck. It was causing some issues. That I had to get right before I could even think about getting back in the ring. Um, but, you know, I'm really lucky and thankful that my opportunities were, were you know, endless. You know, 
I have so many people reaching out to try to get me booked on their shows and bring me in that um, I really had the opportunity to pick and choose where I wanted to go, make my own schedule, decide where I wanted to kind of stamp my name. And, um, you know, once I was able to do that, you know, it was just a process of figuring out, uh, you know, at this point in my career, what direction I want to take things. You know, there was really a kind of an open road, and, and I could have taken a number of different ways. And, uh, and so now I'm just kind of settling in the next chapter of my career. And, uh, you know, again, trying to focus on the positive of life. Because uh, really, at the end of the day, uh, whatever you want to see is what you're going to find. So well, I'm going to try to find all the positives uh, amongst, amongst sometimes the negatives. Well, I know you have, a, I believe, a six-month contract with Defiant Wrestling. Were you ever contacted, though, by the new regime at Impact to come back? Uh, we had some talks. You know, we had some talks. And really, for me, um, the, only, the, only, the only position I was interested in there was, was a position of, of being a decision-maker. Uh, you know, I told Dixie when I left there, I wouldn't come back and work for anybody. But I'd come back and work with anybody. But then I want, if I was going to come back there, I had to be in a position to actually make a difference. Um, you know, I know they just went through a big regime change, and I know we have some discussions about me coming in there and possibly being a part of that team. But uh, I just thought right now where I'm at in my career and all the possibilities and, and things I have in front of me, I really couldn't invest myself emotionally into that because, let's be honest, they've got a lot of work to do there. Uh, they've, they've, uh, they've done a lot of bad business over the years, and they've got a lot to overcome. I think the guys that are in charge there now know that. And, uh, you know, wish them luck because, listen, the more the more – the more places there are for guys to work, the more you know profitable and successful wrestling organizations there are, it's better for everybody. Um, and just touching upon the, the whole defiant six-month contract thing, uh, there's no there's no there's no six-month contract. Um, you'll 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 see how this all plays out. Um, I, I am contracted to do a number of shows for them over the next few months, but I haven't signed a contract with anybody, nor do I intend to sign a contract with anybody that would restrict me from from anything else. So. Um, I'm enjoying being a, a true free agent. I'm enjoying having a lot of say creatively, uh, schedule-wise, over, over what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do. And, um, you know, right now, uh, I don't know that anybody can pay me enough to give that up. Hey, man, were you – when you first uh, left uh, – when, when you were first uh, parted ways with WWE, were you concerned, man? Were you, like – were you worried that you weren't going to have that, uh, you know, that um, – People coming after you want you to come work for them. I, I'll be honest, man. I, I didn't know what the other side looked like. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. I don't even gone a year and a half. But even, but even before that, you know, I had some time. You know, um, coming off of you know my, my run with, with TNA and stuff like that. Um, I just didn't know what the landscape looked like, so I didn't know, really know what to expect. And really, my main concern initially was just getting healthy. Yeah. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't in condition to really be resting a full time schedule. Uh, at all. So, you know, I knew I had 90 days to just really focus on trying to get back to where I needed to be physically. And I'm still, and I'm still getting back there. I'm, I'm probably, I'm lean right now, but I'm probably as light as I've been in, in a number of years. I'd like to put some of my size back on, um, you know, so that's still some things I'm working on, but I'll be honest, Sean, I didn't know, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I was, um, but I'll tell you what, from the minute the announcement was dropped, the minute that they put their tweet out, um, man, my inbox sputtered and, and very quickly I said, okay, I think I'm going to be all right here. But yeah. now it's about not not whoring yourself out and taking every single booking or every single sign. And I, I had a number of, you want to do this convention, you want to do that convention. And uh, I just, I started thinking long game, you know, long term and not short term. And uh, realized it was more important to pick, pick and choose my spots carefully than just kind of you know, taking everything that was coming my way. Yeah. And, and also, man, it's like, 
it is it is important to try and vet some of these promotions that because there's a ton of them out there and a lot of them can come up with the money but once you get there you don't feel too good about being there you know what i mean and that and i'll, and I'll be honest man and 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 i'm and i'm blessed to be in this position but that is more important to me and you know me man we've talked about this money's never been my end game that's not been my my, my be all you know mm-hmm. and so i want to make sure that Listen, I think there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to do, to go about this business. There's a right right way and a wrong way to treat people, and I don't want it. I don't want to stamp my name of approval on places that aren't doing it the right way, or at least trying to do it the right way. And um, so, yeah, it's very important to me that if I show up somewhere, it's because I believe in what you're doing or what you're trying to do. And if I feel at any point that that shifts, I'll, I have no problem walking away from that. So I'm not going to attach my name to places that are doing the old way of business in this profession. Uh, we want to move this shit forward. You know, we want we want we want to have places where guys can go make a good living, be treated. Listen, we're the performers in every other entertainment industry. We drive the bus. That's right. For some reason, the professional wrestling industry, we're trying to get to the back of the bus and just take what we're given. Yeah. That's bullshit. You know, there's no there's no other entertainment industry where they go, well, yeah, if you want to come, uh, if you want to come do this movie shoot, uh, you know, rent your own car, uh, rent your own hotel, pay all your own expenses. You know, and, and oh, by the way, you can't you can't do any other movies for anybody else. Oh, and you don't know what your role is either. Just 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 hope and pray that we put you in the right spot. Yeah. I mean, that, that, only in this industry, man, and, and, yeah. it, and it's mind-boggling because dude, I've done commercials. I, I did a CoverGirl commercial years back, and I wasn't trust me, I wasn't the focal point of the commercial whatsoever. Was that um, when you got casted for your treated, tattoo? Was that when that? you got casted for your tattoo? Is it that commercial? Yeah, I got casted for my tattoo, and that was with Carrie Russell. Uh, you know. A, a, you know, lipstick commercial, but you know, I was being brought in because yeah, I could, you know, I could, I could physically, you know, I was a stunt guy for lack of a better term. But the way I was treated there, as a, as really a nobody on this commercial, was ten times better than I was being treated all these places where I was a top guy as, as a as a perform, as a wrestler. And it was really eye opening to me the difference in, in the way things are. So, you know, really, but at the end of the day, it's up to the talent to say, you know, and, and really demand that we need to be treated a certain way. And if, if we're not going to be or you're not going to treat us that way, then I'm not coming to work for your show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's one thing now when I do these seminars, I try to really instill in these young guys. At the end of the day, you determine your worth, you determine your value, and you, you basically tell people what isn't, isn't acceptable and how you'll be treated. You know what, what, what something you told me um... – when we were talking while we were in Australia, I might have been even... Uh, no, it wasn't on the way there because we weren't on the same flight. But uh, um, you were mentioning how you get on the plane sometimes and walk past all these people and that are sitting in first class looking down on you that oh, yeah. aren't even, you know... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, writers, guys, production writers, guys. production sure. guys, people yeah. that yeah. Have, haven't been there very long or, and then, they're, you know, think they're... Because somehow they're sitting up front that they're, you know, they're better than you or whatever. And that really... And, yeah. right. and, and and let's be honest, in the old days, Sean, what, what should they have done? They should have got their ass up and they should have said, here, please take my seat. That's what, it, that's what right? would have happened. Or, they're at, or, or, or they would have been, you know, they, they would have they felt their wrath, honestly. Like, I don't want to put it that way, but I don't know. Like, yeah. back in my day, when, when if I was sitting in first class, if I got an upgrade... And I saw somebody like that that had to go sit in the back that that was you know say like a Mr. Fuji or or somebody you know sure. and and no you would get up and give them your seat and that's just that's how that we, that's what right. you did out of respect or or just or, even, or Sean or even even maybe give it to a younger guy just to just to show him a little yes. bit of love yeah you know like it's seriously like it's just and, and and again that's just one of the things now how that that's sometimes a hard pill to swallow you know. When I went up to the main roster, it was as a commentator. 
So I was doing all the commentator things. You know, I was I was staying in the TV hotels. I was valeting my car like everybody else did. The production guys, the writers, the commentators. I was doing it how they did it. And I realized, like, when, when you just switched over to, to talent, everything changes, man. Because you're you're not those things aren't being paid for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I almost felt that when I was being switched over. Like my lifestyle was being changed for the worst. I didn't get to stay in the night. I mean, I could still stay in the nice hotels, and I still could valet that. But that's not what we do, right? We try to we're trying to cut costs. We're trying to save a, save a penny. Sure. And uh, but yet these guys are all rolling and, and big dicking it around, and and getting to live the lifestyle. And, and 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 yet we're the ones out there putting our bodies on the line at the end of the day. And, and we're the ones that, without us, none of those guys are necessary. Without without the talent, those guys don't have jobs because we don't need them. Hey, easy and, man. And that's the thing that's, that's being missed, man. No offense to any of the writers, but I could do your job in a week. Hey, you that, can't do my job in a lifetime. Hey, I'm. Hey, look, I don't have any. I don't have a problem with the writers, but hey, man, that's backbreaking work they're doing. Yeah. Sorry, I, I don't I'm have a problem be... with the writers either. They, they, have a, they, they have a difficult job all the same. Yeah. But but it's a mentality. It's a mentality that somehow, uh, you know, somehow again. That's and a... I'm walking by them in first class, yeah, and, and they're brutal. believing that somehow this makes them better than me. Yeah. Uh, that. that they can rub a person the wrong way. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> well, talking about seminars and advice given, this made me think of uh, some of the best advice I'd ever received in life, let alone from someone in wrestling, was from you after a PWG show. Everyone was going up and asking you for pictures, and you would tell them, you could say please, and uh, you you then told me, please and thank you are two words that don't cost anything or but are worth a lot. And that always stuck with me. Yes. Who told you that, and what other advice do you give to people that ask for advice? I guess you would say. You know, I don't know if anybody told me that. You know, I, I know, like you know, growing up, my grandmother was really big on in, instilling in values, holding the door open to somebody, saying please and thank you, and it just seems to be something really lost. You know, it's now it's a lot of gimme, hey, gimme, gimme this, gimme that, and um, you know. It really is, you know, and I feel like, all right, so my, so my proposal, what's the magic? You'd be surprised when I say, what's the magic word? I get a lot of answers other than the simple please or a thank you because people just don't know what the magic word is anymore. And um, it really is such a simple thing because it doesn't cost anything, but it's got great value when you use it, so why not use it? Hey, did um, they not know the... It's just things like, you know, just simple things like that, man. Did they not know the magic word at the airport when they were... Messing with us, trying to get Dude, pictures and stuff. They, you know what? Uh, they, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't know what. You know, they were such big fans. They didn't need the magic word. That's right. You know, apparently, listen. Because you like, owe I them. To those guys they paid for, your for bills. Good... What's that? They paid your bills, man. You owe them. Yeah. If they paid my, if, man, if those guys paid my bills, <laughs> I'd be in big trouble. And it was just those guys. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, those guys were at the show the night before. I remember talking to them. You know, tell me what big fans you were. I'm not offended if you don't want to buy something. That's cool, man. I, I appreciate you coming up and talking to me. Tell me, tell me you're a big fan of mine. Shaking my hand doesn't bother me in the least. What does bother me is that it, it became very quickly apparent that these guys thought they were going to be better than everybody else that was there the night before. But they were going to circumvent actually buying anything from anybody, and they would just show up at the airport the next day with their professional camera in hand, and literally was not off the bus before these guys are asking for pictures and autographs. And mind you, man, I'm, you know, and, and you were saying, man, you know, I don't know how that box made it through that whole trip of yours, man. <laughs> that should go, <laughs> My box that should go, that should go to the Smithsonian, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I have three roller bags, plus, plus a merchandise box. Like, I'm trying to lug, like, four of these bags in, and these guys are hunting me for a picture. Like, yo, guys, like, I don't have time for this. Like, we're trying to catch a flight. 
And but I told him, hey, if you want to take a picture, you have a camera, I yes. can't stop you from taking a picture. But I, but I sure as hell can't stop and pose. That's why I was there last night. Oh, come on, man. We're just such big fans. Now, here, here's what you could have done in this situation, guys, and, and, and take this as a lesson, fans. If you see me struggle with three or four roller bags, then maybe offer, well, hey, can I maybe help you with one of your bags? Let me help you. With, like, something, right? Uh, but all you were worried about was getting your picture and your autograph because you're such big fans. And, you know, I told him, like, hey, man, like, I, I, I've got – I'm trying to make my flight, take a picture if you want. I'm not stopping and posing. That's why I was there last night. And uh, But more importantly, man, you know, there was a lot of fans that waited patiently and did spend their hard-earned money to get a picture with you, to buy your shirt, to get a picture yes. with me, Joey Ryan, whoever it was. And these three guys thought that they were going to be better than all those people, smarter than all those people. And out of respect to all those fans who did come that night and did spend their money, I'm not going to give these three jerks the time of the day because they thought that they were going to be smarter than everybody else and they're not. And and, and they came about the whole wrong way. Yeah. I, you know, I asked them, Hey guys, did you, did you buy anything from anybody last night? And they just looked at each other. I said, okay, then I see what you're about. And I'm not, and I, and I, you know, I'm not going to reward that shit because that, that's me. It's not cool. And, the thing- and, uh, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't really respect that. I mean, they hounded everybody down as they were trying to go through security. And that's why when, when I went over to the, to the uh, airline reps and said, can you just get these guys out of here? They're not flying anywhere. They're on the ticket, and they've been nothing but harassing us since we got off this bus. Yeah, and the thing is, is Austin, the the people at the show that that stood in line and and bought something from different guys, man, a lot of those people, that was probably the last dollar they had, and they still came, and and it was important enough for them that that you know, they wanted to support Absolutely. us. Absolutely. You know, and, and you these know, guys, and you know, and I know, like it ain't about that last twenty dollars. You know what I'm saying? Sorry about that. There's, I don't know how many of those things I'll give away or I'll throw an extra one of this in. Or guys, right. I only got this much. Don't worry about it. It's not about that, man. But out of respect to those people who do show the appreciation, because that is how we supplement our income. You know, these guys had a plan, and, and this wasn't like they randomly ran into us at the airport and said, "Oh my God, what do you guys do here?" They had a plan from day one to say, "We're not going to spend any money on this shit. We're better. We're smarter fans than the rest of these marks." And we're going to show up at the airport and expect that this should be handed to us because we're such big fans. Yeah. And that sense of entitlement, uh, that, that don't fly with me. And, and I'll, I'll quickly put you in your place. And, um, you know, and, and you know what? I could have predicted the exact response that those guys had, which was they're the mentality of we owe them. They pay our bills. Without them, we're nothing. And so those three guys uh, know I don't owe you a goddamn thing other than when I come out to perform that night, the ticket that you bought at that show, I'm going to give you everything I have. And outside of that, I don't owe you a goddamn thing. I look, man. I mean, that's not. Like, I mean, I would probably say it nicer, but I agree with you a hundred and ten percent on that. A hundred and ten. It's true, man. It's a, it's an even trade. They pay. Uh, they pay. You know the price for the ticket, and we go out there and we bust our ass and 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 sacrifice our bodies. And and so at the end of the at the end of that exchange, there's no one owes anybody anything. Anything that's done above and beyond that is out of gratitude. That's how I look at it. Right. And I'm very grateful, and, and, and were, I love all yeah. the fans. I do. Absolutely. And, and again, these weren't these weren't kids. These weren't you know teenagers. These were grown men. With their with their binders full of the stuff they wanted signed and their pictures they wanted signed and um, multiple you know, that's the whole thing is you multiple know, context, pictures context is everything nowadays and it's not it's not it's not black and white man everything's yeah. context and yeah. and when I when I understood exactly what these guys were trying to do I made a decision that said I wasn't going to be a part of it yeah hey you guys the last the last 
I guess you could consider it this fight I was ever in was when I was with Austin Aries. What? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this story. I remember this guy. Yeah. Oh, we, boy, I don't know if we can tell this one. Can yeah, we? no, we can. Yeah, it was... We were okay. at a, can, can, You don't mind me saying you were in a strip club. I guess... With me, I guess I, it's too late. I already just did. <laughs> <laughs> it, was it was someone's birthday party that just happened to be at an establishment where ladies were taking their clothes off. It was. It was. It was. It was actually Howard Words from Florida Underground Wrestling's party birthday party. There we go. <laughs> yeah, and no, but they all got. They uh, yeah. all. But but man, they were freaking starting trouble and and and. And uh, talking crap about Who's starting trouble? Like the people we were with and, and 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 these other people, like and this guy was talking all kinds of mad shit and and like it seemed like everyone was scared to do something. Then something went off and like the people we were with were kinda getting punked. And so I had enough and like I I got one bad knee like and I run across the I'm like run, I got a like about a fifty foot start, right? And so like I barely got the guy. Like I didn't hit him. Like I was gonna, but he kind of moved out of the way. But I grabbed him enough to knock him to knock him to the ground. And he yeah. had like one foot in a cast or something too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you guys well, Sean, were even here. Here's, here's, the here's, here's what I remember, Sean. Yeah, please, you tell him. Well, I mean, what I remember was that you know you were actually being one of the guys who was trying to defuse the situation. I'm, I always, I'm a diffuser. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a big. I'm not a big. I'm not a big uh, physical confrontation guy because usually. Nobody wins in that situation, and sometimes people lose big because you knock a guy out. He, he you know, he cracks his head, he kills himself, That's and now right. he's sitting in jail. I mean, just very, very rarely do those situations. Anybody walk out of it feeling good. So I, I've always been the diffuser, and I remember that night that like, you were also being trying to be a voice of reason. Yeah, and and so voices of reason are trying to be voices of reason, and these guys were walking away, and then they just had to turn around and say one last thing. To yep. be one, you know, to, 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 to stay face or to be that tough guy. And I remember you just kind of snapped because you were just like, trying to give these guys an out. I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to give these guys an opportunity to just walk the fuck away and not, not have there be a situation. And, uh, and when that guy didn't want to take it, you just said, all right, enough's enough. And you, and you kind of led the charge. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're pretty fast. You're pretty quick. <laughs> I, was, I was at least good 15, 15 yards behind you. And, um, and, and but he's probably better that you got there first because some of the other guys that got there. Uh, you probably would have been in the worst way because you weren't trying to yeah. you weren't trying to man the guy. I think you were just trying to teach him a lesson, and, and uh, yeah, sometimes mount- you got no one to walk away, and, and you know. Yeah, I mounted the guy and I hit him a couple times until he said, "Oh, I'm done." And then and then and then one right. of the other guys came over and tried to put the boots to him. I said, "No, he's done. Don't you do it." Right. And then the guy got exactly. up and he started talking shit again as he was running <laughs> into the fuck into the hotel. <laughs> yeah, this is just like total mayhem. It. Everyone in the club. It fighting? was just silly. No, no. Oh, okay, it was, it was just, just you and this. And and this guy. Anyways, this guy actually stole a couple of shots on on some people we were with. Like actually got in. Oh. That's the thing that pissed me off. Worse than anything, I'm like, you guys talk shit and then you let yourselves get punked like that. Jesus. Anyways, it was it was ended up being fun. We we got out of there really quick after that. Yeah, that I was, remember well, we I mean, where, do you, where do you go? Where do you go from there? Yeah. So. <laughs> and that was your last fist fight. Uh, yeah, yes, I'm pretty sure. I can't and remember. The last one. Time I've, and the last time I've ever been in, in that type of establishment. Me, I think <laughs> it's actually one of the last times. Oh no, never mind. <laughs> okay. no. So, um, Austin. The Sasha hasn't really coming through on the on the, on the telephone on that one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Austin, earlier we were talking about how you were doing commentating when you first came into WWE. You know, you were actually really yeah. good at it. Is that ever something that you've considered to do later on in the future? I'd love to. It was, it was an awesome experience. And I, I tell people it's really, it, was really the, it was really the only opportunity that you had to really hear who Austin Aries was because that was one of the few times where I didn't have somebody else tell me what I should be saying or what I should be doing. So that was, that was about as authentic as, as you were going to get out of me. And, uh, you know, I'm, the fact that it was well-received, uh, you know, was pretty cool. And it definitely learned a lot. And, uh, you know, working with Michael Cole, you know, Marl working with him a little bit, who I have a lot of respect for. Um, yeah, it really opened my eyes to the other side of things. And those guys have a difficult job. It's not easy. And uh, definitely something that, you know, once my in-ring days uh, are behind me, I'd, I'd love to uh, go back and explore. How did the banana thing come about? And it just it just came about like literally I was after a match they wanted to film a promo and I grabbed a banana in the water and I started getting asking questions about about the banana and if I was going to have the banana in the promo and I quickly realized like that this was something that it was going to be something the whole point of it was it wasn't supposed to be anything and that was the whole point but again I think sometimes there it's hard it's hard for some of the the creative team to wrap their head around something that isn't doesn't have a rhyme or reason or that they didn't write in the script. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's what maybe makes things stale at times because everything has to have a reason. Mm -hmm. And this was just literally something that didn't have to have a reason. I just I literally had a banana in my hand, <laughs> and um, and once I realized how confusing it was, it was making people uh, how confused you know how confused people were, and that actually it was making people giggle. I said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of roll with this little thing, and you know I, I wore my my uh, suit coat pocket as opposed to uh, a handkerchief. You know, my first line of commentary, and and I uh, just kind of went from there. And it was never supposed to be a thing. That was the whole point of it. And uh, but now, now it's kind of become a thing. And you know, I get people tweet me and send me messages all the time with bananas and how they think of me when they see bananas. And uh, they bring and the bananas the to the show. With. They bring... uh, I mean, I've been dubbed I've been dubbed the Pope of Potassium by Matt Camp. So I'm going <laughs> to nice. stick with that one and get some shirts made up. Also, we got to get you uh, booked against the Space Monkey now. I got some, well, yeah, and I also got, yeah, I got some Chiquita Aries stickers that I'm gonna that I have printed oh, out. Yeah, I did, I did, I did, my yeah. bananas to oh, yeah. my own bananas. I'm like the, the, the Chiquita, you know, woman, but it's me, and I got the fruit basket shirt on my hat and uh, <laughs> Chiquita great. Aries, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna market the hell out of it. Hey, what did Vince say about the banana? Uh, so the first time I met him, I I, I told him, hey, I've been getting this banana thing over. And he just, what's the matter, Vince? Hear me out. Let me out, Vince. It's, it's not a thing. It's not like Carlito where I always have a banana. I was like, but, you know, um, I kind of explained it to him. I said, you know, eventually I'd like to market this. I said, I'd like to market protected banana case holders because nobody likes to bruise or smush a banana when you're traveling. You know, I'm like, and, uh, and I think they'll think, you know, I sit and think, banana's like 29 cents a pound. Think of the money we can make. And just look at me like, who the hell is this guy? And just, okay, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get some bananas down the road. <laughs> um, that was something that just... But you know what? Sure shit, I got bananas over, goddammit. Yes. So, and now I got, I got kids climbing over my banana peels. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and and that's, that's you know clearly something that you came up with and sort of snowballed and took off on its own. But what was your reaction when like people on the internet tried to take credit for that them being the reason why you were getting a banana over? Um, I mean, hey, dude, like, those guys are going to be those guys. That you, there's, there's, there's subcultures within subcultures within subcultures. And, uh, you know, um, when, I, when I was brought to my attention that there's, you know, uh, these dudes on Reddit or whatever that, like, a year and a half before that had said, hey, if, 
there's supposedly some other refs around there, and, and to, to, to give us the wink and the nod of who you are, say the word banana promo. So, of course, in all their wisdom, they figured I waited a year and a half to, uh, to introduce the banana in my promo, and, of course, it was all because of them. So uh, if, if, that makes them feel, if that makes them feel cool and, and makes them feel better about themselves, then uh, sure, guys. Uh, that was my wink and my nod to you guys. I, I love you guys on Reddit. You're, you're the best. <laughs> Me too. I love them. I love them. Hey, hey, when did you do? Had you ever done commentary uh, before you got to WWE? No, that was my first night was 205 Live, and okay. uh, I knew I knew it was a huge a huge opportunity, and, and I was probably as nervous for that as, as any match I'd had up to that point because you know, I know Vince didn't know who the hell I was. Yeah. Did you? Uh, he'd been probably probably told who I was, yeah. and but really it was make or break. If, if, if this guy. If I could do if I could do a well enough job that he saw some value in my in my talking abilities, that that would open up some doors, and it did. Did you find it difficult to to do uh, commentary while you were being talked to in your ear? Um, yes and no. I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't I didn't get a lot of talking to in my ear. Oh, you, you did. Wow. I think they just, just wanted to hand me they wanted to hand me some rope and just see if I'd hang myself. Huh. Um, but I didn't get a lot of direction, you know. And and really, the first couple of nights, I knew it was more important. It wasn't so much what I said as much as what I didn't say. It was making sure that I picked my spot because again, you got a three-man team. You don't be stepping on everybody. So I was just really trying to mind the rules and the procedures of what we do because yeah. there, there are, you know, there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. And there was a lot of traffic in your ear. And and to be honest, I had the easiest job because I just had to be a personality. I didn't have to worry about, you know, some of the other things that that the other announcers have to do as far as later on tonight or replays or things like that. I literally just had to be a, a character. So. I had the easiest job of, of, of the commentators, and I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I just was trying to get in where I fit in, um, you know, and it was as important as not so much what I said as what I didn't say. And uh, and then from there, as I got more comfortable, you know, and I got more pointers, I got more feedback from yeah. Michael and, and, and the other commentators. It allowed me to keep developing, and, and by the end, I felt really comfortable and, and was really willing to take on more of a role. And, and um, you know, and I think even, you know, when, when they told me they didn't have anything for me creatively, I was like, I mean, nothing. Even commentary was something I'd be interested in doing, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but you know, I'm still young and I still got I still got a lot left to give to the, to the industry. So maybe at some point, uh, you know, we circle back around and I find myself back in that position. Hey man, when you got when you came in on was it was it uh, Neville that you came in and knocked the living yeah. crap? The people went ape shit for that man. That was one that, that might have been the biggest pop of the night, like that night. Yeah, and it was in Chicago, which is uh, you know uh, no wonder. territory. Yeah. And uh, and I'll be honest, you, you you come back feeling really good about that, but then in retrospect, I wonder if that maybe did do me some favors in some people's eyes, because I did get one of the biggest pops that night, and it wasn't because of something they created as much as something that I was yes. creating on my own yeah. during commentary. And um, you know, and, you know, here or there, um, I was I was uh, you know the reaction was awesome, and I really thought, okay, we got something here. Just have some legs, and we could do some really cool stuff with it. And uh, you know, we did the best we could with what we were given. Yeah. Well, and then I saw you at WrestleMania, and we talked and that, but I had no idea you were kind of in in as bad of a place, you know, me- mentally from what was going on around there. Because you did a pretty good job covering it up. Yeah. You know, listen, it was just you know, uh, it was just a lot of stuff, man. Just a lot of stuff going on, and and really the physical part too. You know, uh, you know, having some issues physically. Yeah. So that that you know, and you know how that is. Then you don't you don't look and feel like you'd like to, especially for such a big event. And um, you know, just again, some other stuff going on in my private life. With, yeah. You know, <clears throat> passing away and, and trying to move and, and 
you know, the family stuff, you know, and, and all these other things. And again, the, the speed of which the WWE moves is that if you're not on top of stuff, it, it'll snowball really quick on you. Damn and, uh, you know, being organized has never been one of my strong suits. You know, part, part of being, having ADD or, or you, know, you know, kind of living with that is, is the, uh, you know, not always being able to, to, be, to be organized, not being able to be focused. Yeah. And when stuff moves that fast, um, it'll pile up really quick. And it was piling up pretty quick. And, uh, you know, I just, I never got comfortable there because it felt like every time I started to get comfortable, something changed, Yeah. you know? And uh, so, yeah, man, it, it was really telling to myself as I was, you know, leading up and doing all these interviews and all these pressers for, for WrestleMania 33. And everyone going, you know, how's it feel? It's like the biggest moment in your career. Like, you finally reach it. And, like, I literally was having, like, manufacture, was having, like, manufacture this, this joy. Yeah. Uh, that really should have been, should have been there. And uh, that was kind of, for me, I kind of asking myself like man like what's going on because you should be really excited about this yeah, man. and party's like man i can't wait till this shit's over yeah man that makes me really sad to hear to hear that that was the case because that should be the time you should have been able to uh to bask in the glory of being at wrestlemania man and and sure. so called well, and, and, and don't get me wrong like i i did man like and, and trust me when i walked out there that night when i when i walked out my music hit and i walked out there and i saw the people yeah. and i walked out and my family was all sitting there you know right right up close and i saw them i did have those moments yeah. I, I absolutely did so don't think don't think i didn't having those moments where of gratitude and appreciation and, and really like thinking man how fucking cool is this because yeah. i did but but there was a lot of other moments leading up to it where, you know, it was more stress than it was joy. And, um, you know, and, and so, uh, yeah, but that's just, that's just being real, you know? And, and, uh, I absolutely like look back at it and I always say it was, you know, one of the greatest accomplishments of my career was one of those things I never really thought I'd have the opportunity to do. I don't know that people in the company thought I'd be in that position when, when I, when I initially walked in there. Um, you know, I packed a lot of shit in, in 18 months and a lot of it, I don't think I was earmarked for. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful for the opportunities I was given there and also, you know, the platform it gave me to now be able to go and do what I want to do. And, uh, yeah. you know, really, um, you know, the opportunities I have now uh, are very much associated with, you know, being with WWE and the time I spent there has allowed me now to come out on the other side in a very uh, advantageous place. Hey, how did you feel about your match? Were you, were you happy with it? Yeah, I was happy with it. Yeah. Uh, you know what, listen, um, I've never felt comfortable in, in, in a babyface role. You know, it's, it's always, it's never felt natural to me. Um, so, you know, trying to figure that part out. Uh, but yeah, you know what, listen, we went out there and again, I, I said we did the best of what we were given. And uh, you know how it is, you know, we, right or wrong, you're not, you're not giving carte blanche and just go out there and do what you want because it is a team, it's a team effort. And you have to be mindful of what's after you, you have to be mindful of what, what other people are doing on the card. And that's important, it is important. So. You know, with those parameters, and that's the thing that fans have to understand. We all have parameters that we have to work around, no matter where we are. Yeah. Uh, with that, we go out and we, and we we try to give the best we could, and and also, you know, I think, you know, both Neville and I had a fire lit, lit underneath us to go out there and say, listen, if our job is to go kick off this night, then let's go do that to the best of our ability. And uh, you know, I think, I think we went out there and put on a good performance. Oh, uh, for got sure. Got a lot of good feedback from fans that were there. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. yeah, man, I was happy with it. You know, good. But, but, but I'll be honest, man. There's never any of my matches I watch back and I like them. I'm, I'm my harshest critic at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I, I try to be my my biggest fan, but I'm definitely my harshest critic. So, um, you know, I look back at that and go, man, I, I wish this or I wish wish I would have done that a little differently or you know, wish I would have worn some different gear. Yeah. Uh, whatever the case may be, you know. Do wish you... I would have gave myself that stupid haircut three days before. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> hey, do you do you go back and watch your matches still? 
Uh, not a lot, man. No. I, it's it's hard. I, I don't, and maybe I should, but I I don't. And it's because very rarely do I ever really enjoy it. Yeah. Like very rarely do I ever watch them. And uh, and 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 literally a lot of wrestling. I, I you know guys talking all the time and asking about it. And I say, I, don't, I don't really watch a lot of wrestling right now. Do you what? Did you watch um, your? You know, I watch enough. Did you watch your match with What's Ricochet? That? I have not watched that yet. You know, I, I I know it was up on Facebook Live, but I have I saw clips of it or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so, you were in it. You I, don't were in it. I, don't know, I don't know what I saw out of that. You know, because early in my career, like I watched everything of mine and, and really yeah. broke it down. And and later on in my career, I just you know I don't know. Yeah. Had a hard time watching a lot of my stuff. Well, you were in it, so you know what was good and what wasn't about it. Usually. Yeah, for the most part. <clears throat> and, and, and like, listen, there's value to going back and, and kind of breaking things down. And, yeah. and I think now that maybe. I've got a few days off. I can go back and watch a couple of those things because, you know, listen, the industry's changed. It's changed. Uh, the style's changed. The, the fans, what they expect has changed. Um, and really from what I was, you know, trying to learn in WWE as far as how they want to do things and now coming out on the other side of having to kind of almost relearn, well, now what works out here doesn't necessarily work there and vice versa. And um, so, and especially too, like, you know, the NXT, the NXT brand was where I probably felt most, most comfortable from a, from a work standpoint, um, you know, and then when you get up to the main roster, it's, it's a little different philosophy and you have, you know, different restrictions and things that you have to take account for. So, yeah. um, but now, now, you know, I have a lot of freedom. So I need to figure out like, what do I want to do? Because I'm not going to have an agent tell me this is what your match is going to be, or this is what you're going to do during your match. You know, I'm not going to have people producing my matches. And, um, so that, you know, so I need to, I need to start thinking about, all right, well, what do I want to do with, with the time I have left? And, I've been really fortunate that the people I've been working for have given me a lot of creative freedoms. And, and to be honest, I got some some really cool stuff. Like I'm, I'm kind of excited what's gonna what, what people are gonna see with the, the with the, the, the defiant stuff that's gonna that's gonna show up here on, on their television over the next few weeks. Yeah, that's uh, tied into the into the uh, IPW UK stuff I'm doing. Nice. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that I had my hand a lot in that and facilitating all this. And uh, again, at, the, at my point in my career, like that's what I want to do. You know, uh, I want to I want to be able to add things not just in the ring but outside the ring too, and creatively as, as well. Uh, Austin, I I've been uh, watching you for you know 13 or 14 years or whatever, and I I think a lot of people came to watch your career the way I did, which is uh, when you were part of Generation Next. And uh, oh know, yeah, apologies if this is a, a, a rote question at this point, but if you were to put together a new Generation Next right now using four people available to you, who would you put together as that next generation next right now? Ooh. That's a good question that I don't know that I have the answer to. Because I think, you know, I think the thing about Generation Next at the time was, you know, Gabe Sapolsky was really good at identifying talent that hadn't really made a name for themselves yet. Right? Guys that were hungry, guys that had potential, but maybe hadn't been given the platform or the spotlight to really, to really blossom. And uh, I don't know that I have my thumb uh, on the pulse enough of, of those type of cats in the industry that I could pick four out that would benefit the way that we did from that. Right. Um, again, I'm, I'm just starting to meet some of these guys. I'm getting back into the independence and I'm starting to do these shows or I'm just starting to meet some of these younger guys that were, you know, they were kids when they were, they were going back, oh, man, I remember watching you in, yeah. in, in, in Generation X, and, you know, and I was in third grade or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for making me feel old. But uh, <laughs> no, man, uh, but there's a lot. I mean, and you know what? There's, there's so many guys, right? Like there's so many so much talent now and you know the thing is I try to explain these young guys you know when we broke in back and you know, I broke in in 2000 the process of making a name for yourself the process of getting yourself out of your of your regional territory 
to you know expand to to, to a national to an international uh, fan base. It was tedious, man. It was word of mouth. It was That's reputation. Right. It was yeah. It was giving you know VHS tapes to a guy that you'd hope you'd give him a promoter that you knew he'd never watch it. But if the guy put a good word in for you, uh, maybe you, you get an opportunity. Like it took me four years from when I started wrestling to be able to do the ECWA Super Eight and then get the opportunity to bring a bonner because it took me that long to branch out and expand from Minnesota, from Minnesota to Chicago, Chicago to Milwaukee, Milwaukee to Louisville, you know, Louisville, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it was a process. And um, now guys take for granted that with social media, they literally can have their matchup 10 minutes after they've had it and, and they can network and they can market in a way that we never could. But so with that, it's like now there's everybody's training, there's schools everywhere. There's just an unlimited amount of, professional wrestlers or people trying to play professional wrestlers ah, and um made me think you know of something. it's uh it's what's that uh, you made me think of something you were given you were I, i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you dude i i yeah no no, no but, but but this is just so there's so there's so much talent out there or people trying to do this that it's uh you know it's a double-edged sword in some ways you know yeah. because you got to sit through a lot of shit to find it to find the little nuggets of gold well there was a you know i and i'm not a hundred i didn't really um uh, I just kind of saw it in passing, but you were coming down on somebody for having like a fantasy camp, you know? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And we talked a little bit. We talked a little bit, uh, you know, privately or whatever. And he explained his position, and uh, I can still kind of disagree with the premise, but yeah. But um, you know, again, here's my thing: um, I had to earn the right to get in a wrestling ring. Yes. I had I, I had to literally give half of everything I owned to to, the, to to my trainer. I moved up on my buddy's couch. I yeah, but you were going to be the next Sean Waltman. <laughs> What's that? But you were going to be the next Sean Waltman. It was worth it. <laughs> I, I know, man. We all were. That was That's right. <laughs> um, and, uh, and uh, so, yeah, but, you know, I had to earn, like, to get in that ring. I wanted to get in that ring so bad that first day. Yes. And he didn't let me in that ring. Like, you had to earn it. And so, and when I when I ran my schools, Ring of Honor School, and I've gone back and run schools in, in Minnesota, it's the same way. I tell, I tell all the guys. Nobody's getting in that ring for the first four weeks, you know, because yeah. because a you're going to earn the right to get in that ring. B I'm going to weed a lot of you people out before we ever step in there. Yeah, because there's enough things we can do and talk about, you know, from a from just a psychology standpoint, from just a business standpoint, how to conduct yourself. That you know you're going to earn the right to get in that ring. It should be a privilege. So yeah. you know I've had some situations again, like after some of these shows, I see the kid they let the kids get in the ring and bounce around, and I, and I just disagree with that premise because. Again, like that should be in some ways should be protected so yeah. that there should be a, a, a lure to it, right? There should be a mistake to get in that wrestling ring. That's that why I, something that people have to earn. That's why I, I I really don't like when they do the deal where you get in the ring and take a picture with the wrestler at intermission. I hate that. Number one, it takes so yeah, long. I, yeah, it takes so long to get somebody in and out of the ring for the picture. It just it just sucks up all the time, and it just yeah. It take I and I and for the reasons you just said. Don't let them in there. Other side yeah. of the rail. Stand and I've done that, you know, and I've been, I've been guilty of that, like post show or whatever. Because there is the thing is though is that if you don't let people in the ring, that when you offer them the opportunity to actually get in there to take a picture, it's a big deal. Yeah. But it's not going to be a big deal anymore because anybody can get in there. If anybody, you know, at this point, anyone can get in there at any time. And yeah, for this for this particular case, it was you know kind of a fantasy camp where you know the the the, the, the dad and his kid got to come in there and learn a few things and. Um, you know, again, it's just it's a philosophical thing, 
you know, I, I had to get, I did a show in, in uh, a small show in Wisconsin before the Tommy Dreamer show. Yeah. And same deal, all these kids were in the room afterwards. And I just, I removed myself. I didn't want to be out there. I said, hey, man, you, you can run your company the way you want. But I just, I strongly disagree with the premise of having a bunch of kids bouncing around that ring, getting on the ropes. I said, hey, just to protect the business, but B, to protect your business. Because yes. one of those kids clips and breaks his neck and breaks his leg, uh, you know, your company could be done. There's a lot of younger kids training yeah. now. You know, I do a lot of these seminars, and these kids are 19, 20, but they've been doing it for four or five years. And, yeah. you know, you can learn the maneuvers, uh, you can learn the spots, but there's a mental aspect of this that I don't know you can grasp at that age because, yes. you know, if you want to be a professional wrestler and not just, you know, pretend you're one or play one, there's this, there's a, uh, you'd be able to flip the switch mentally to, to look at it as a, as a business in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just don't know that at, at 19 years old, even if you've been doing this for three or four years, that you're mature enough to understand the difference of that mentality of actually being a professional wrestler or just playing one and emulating what you see other people do. I agree, man. And, and if it wasn't for the people that, that I was around and, uh, you know, the people that trained me, like, that would have been a huge problem for me. You know? Sure, and I just don't, and I don't. I'm not seeing a lot of veterans in these areas. Again, like, you know, I did this one seminar in Australia. One of the one of the main trainers was 20. Yeah, yeah, he's been doing it for four years, but he's 20. Like, I'm sorry, but like, from a just from a maturity standpoint and mentality standpoint, you, you can know all the stuff, but I don't know that you're in a position to train or teach other people. No. You're still a kid yourself, and there's yeah. no like, there's really a lack of like real like quality grizzled veterans, for lack of a better term, to really show these kids the ropes and how to conduct yourself yeah. from the mental aspect of actually being a professional. Yeah. Speaking of like showing people the ropes and being an athlete, um, you've been a vegan for uh, since uh, 2000. And being an athlete, you know, the, the main pillars of being an athlete, they're saying you have to eat meat, you have to eat protein, all this other stuff. But obviously you've been in the game long enough. How do we change or how do you, how do you think we change that where there are educators to show athletes can be vegan, vegetarian, and that's actually healthier for their bodies? Uh, I think you're already seeing it. You know, I've been reading articles coming out, more and more articles, NBA players, NFL players, NHL players, UFC uh, you name it, and they're they're jumping on the bandwagon because listen, at the end of the day, um, I think the amount of protein that we need, even as a even as a as a high level athlete, has been overstated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly has if you're if you're just a normal everyday Joe or Jane. You know the amount of protein you're intaking because you think it somehow is going to lead to lean mass has been sold to you by the people who want you to buy all their protein. Um, but when it comes down to it, you know when your body breaks down protein into amino acids, it doesn't know the difference between an animal protein or a plant protein. So as long as you're getting, uh, you know, the right quantities of, of your amino acids from, from different foods, uh, you're going to have what you need to rebuild and repair. And, um, you know, there's there's no lack of, of people you can see who have been successful doing it for a number of years. And then when you start tech, talking to the other components of what plant-based lifestyle does for you as far as eliminating a lot of things like cholesterols, you know, a lot of these things that are actually being fed to the animals to, to plump them up quickly, to keep them awake so they eat all night, the, you know, steroids, the hormones, yeah. the caffeine, the fear. All these things, when you associate it and you realize, well, man, I can still get everything I need nutritionally. I can still provide my body what it needs to, to nourish it and to be an athlete, but I can eliminate a lot of these bad things that are kind of plaguing us as a society. And then, oh, yeah, it also maybe helps my soul feel a little better because nothing has to be tortured or died for me to sustain my life. And, oh, yeah, uh, it's really helping the environment because we're destroying the environment with this, you know, really the meat industry is destroying the environment. The amount of resources that we need to make, you know, one calorie of beef compared to one calorie of plants. Is you're talking about 10, 20 times the amount of resources. So, yeah. 
in a world in a world where we still have a lot of people starving to death, um, man, how greedy are we that we that we use up all these resources to, to raise livestock to kill them? When if we out if we reallocated those same resources to actually just making food, uh, we literally could we could we could feed everybody on the planet. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I noticed that a lot a lot more wrestlers are becoming vegan. Uh, Austin, I, I know Zach Saber's vegan. I think he's been one for for yep. a while. Uh, and I yep. actually saw for Thanksgiving that uh, the Finley the Fit Finley family had vegan Thanksgiving. That was kind of cool to see. I know, right? Of yeah. all the Fit Finley of all the people, Fit Finley jumps on the bandwagon. Well, then 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 all the talk of like, oh, vegans are pussies. Well, that's gonna end right there. Because, <laughs> no shit. Fit Finley is what Fit Finley is, and that's a pussy. And hey, anybody knows him will tell you that. So, look, I'm, Fit Finley can be a man and can eat some plants, and anybody else can too. For real, man. And 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 I, I mentioned C.T. Fletcher to you before. He's he's a guy that's. Uh, uh, had some heart issues and he's, he needs a heart transplant. And he switched over to vegan. He was a he was a strength athlete. Yeah. And a, you know, one of the strongest uh, natural uh, yeah, bodybuilders uh, body and and you know weightlifters ever really. And sure. uh, um, you know these guys like they don't fit that that uh, image of you know. Well, let me just say this. When you're when people the people that are, are looking at vegans and going, Oh, you're you know, you're this or that, you're pussy, you're not a real man. I'm sorry, but that's just fucking idiotic. You gotta be a dipshit to really really think that way. Well, I think I'm sorry. I, I well, know that some people listening well, uh, yeah. are probably going, Oh, I'm not a dipshit and you know, you, you if you're a vegan that just means you weren't a good hunter. It's like what? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Sorry. <laughs> I think um, there's there has been a change though. So like I, like I, I was um, saying, when you started um, in in 2000, it wasn't that I. You go to the grocery store now and you see vegan options, and I'm sure. guessing like 17 years ago that wasn't the case. And now in LA, especially, no. you're seeing that that's a big thing. And I think people when they're seeing um, celebrities and athletes kind of joining that bandwagon, it's not going to be as you know a, a pussy type thing. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think too. Listen, we, we live in a we live in a society that's ran by corporations and, and greed. And you know, I tell people as a consumer, like every time we, we buy something, we're we're giving it a vote that it's okay. So if we keep voting for shitty food that makes us sick, they're going to keep giving it to us. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing the shit that people are getting wise to it. They're not voting so much for those things. Again, milk sales are down drastically. You know, um, because people are starting to realize that they don't need milk. And that it really is a lot more destructive than it is good for you. Milk doesn't do the body good. It does the opposite. And so you see an industry shift. So with that, the corporations still want your money. So they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna put the products out there that you're going to buy. So it really is up to us as a consumer to really steer them in the direction of what we will and won't accept as far as what we put in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And really it just comes with information. And again, my book said I don't make anybody vegan. It's about the journey that I went on, the things I learned that made me make this decision. And then hopefully the information maybe just shed some light, maybe changes people's perspectives to kind of re-examine their, their food choices. And if they're not really just kind of being beholden to the corporate food system that wants to keep you sick, so they can send you to the bodies in the corporate healthcare system that can, you know, not cure you, but treat you. Because, you know, there, there's no money in healthy people. If we cure you, we lost the customer. So we're just going to give you this pill that'll treat you for life. And it's this vicious cycle of sick people making money on sick people. And um, I don't understand it. You know, if we're, if we're the greatest nation in the, in the world and we're supposed to be leading by example, why are we trying to make money off of health care? Why are we trying to make money off of education? 
Why is there nothing sacred when it comes to profit? Why is, why is it always profit before people? That, to me, is, is the fatal flaw of this country. And, uh, and really, people need to stand up and, and, and really take note of that and so we can start changing the way that we do business. Um, you have mentioned um, that for people who eat meat, it's not necessarily the meat itself, it's the flavor of it. Is there any, or sure. if it's in your book or you know somewhere you can point to us as far as brands or um, as far as supplement meat products, um, like tofurkey or whatever, like stuff that you'd suggest? Yeah. yeah, I mean, they make all, there's more and more, there's all sorts of them. And, and here's the thing people don't understand. Processed food is processed food, okay? So just because it's vegan doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's good for you. And, yeah. and I wouldn't rely on it uh, as every meal of eating some type of processed fake meat product because, again, it's processed food. If, mm-hmm. if, it, if it's something you can take from your freezer and stick in your microwave and heat it up in 90 seconds, uh, you, you kind of have an idea of what, of what the quality is going to be. That being said, if you want to satisfy some of those cravings, which I do all the time, you know, Beyond Meat makes a great, makes a great line of stuff. Sweet Earth makes a good line of stuff. They got these great breakfast burritos called the Big Sur Breakfast Burritos that in a pinch. Um, you know, if you, you need a quick thing for breakfast, I, 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 I go to those all the time. How about uh, those Gardein mo- makes a good one. How about those Morningstar Farm oh, sausage patties? Nope. I won't touch Morningstar Farm. No? Oh read the ingredients list. A, they're not vegan. They, 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 but it all comes a Kellogg's product. Yeah. And there's they, a lot of, if you read the ingredients list, but that, was, that was the stuff I originally, like, when I went, when I went uh, vegetarian in 2000, that was pretty much all you could find. Mm-hmm. So I really just ate all that. I replaced everything I used to eat with, with Morningstar Farms. As I learned more about food, I realized that that shit wasn't very good for me either. And they and they do put milk and, and, and egg and stuff in a lot of those products. And again, it's Kellogg's. And, and it, it tastes it's disgusting. Corporate, you know, and entities. So um, for me, there's better options out there. And, you know, Gardein's one of them. Yeah, I'll do some tofurkey from time to time. Um, you know, field roast makes something that doesn't have soy in it, so it's more of a, 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 a gluten product. And I know some people are afraid of gluten. Um, I don't have any issues with gluten. Um, obviously, if you have celiac disease, that would be something to be mindful of. But yeah. I don't think gluten in and of itself is this big evil that now everything's gluten-free. Well, you know, I don't think gluten is as is, is bad as it's made out to be unless you have some issues surrounding it. Um, so, yeah, man, there's, there's, like, literally tons of, tons of options. But, you know, then there's also just something like, like tempeh, which is just fermented soybean. And if you want to season and sauce and spice that up, you can recreate that to taste like any number of things. Because, again, it is the flavor profiles. You know, when you get the Big Mac, it's not the beef patty that you long for. It's the special sauce, the onion, the pickle, you know, the combination, the ketchup, all that together. And so, if you you know, you, you replicate those flavors with, with something other than, uh, you know, a piece of dead cow or a piece of uh, you know, tens of thousands of dead cows, um, you know, uh, you're going you're gonna to get the same satisfaction and recreate the same flavors. Uh, Austin, almost everyone from the WWE UK division is vegan, and also Zack Saber, as we talked about. But there are just so many yeah. vegan wrestlers who are specifically coming out of the UK right now. Do you have any insight as to why so many of the UK wrestlers are seem to be disproportionately vegan as opposed to the American indie wrestlers? Uh, well, I think what, what I noticed in my years of traveling over there is that you know vegetarianism was very was, wasn't very out in the open, right? Like almost anywhere I went, whether it was, you know, a hotel or at the airport, they always had a vegetarian option. So, so I don't think it was something that was kind of a niche. It was just something that was part of their, their dietary, you know, spectrum. Hmm. And so with that now, you know, to go from vegetarian to veganism is literally just as simple as cutting out the, you know, the eggs and the dairy. So I think because it's something that people were exposed to and that wasn't necessarily hidden, that you're seeing a lot more people transitioning, you know, all the way to completely plant-based. 
and I reckon that's a big part of it. You know, just that it's been a part of their culture for a while. The vegetarianism is something that was confusing. Anywhere you went, it had it on the menu. So now the transition from there to the next step isn't such a huge jump. Hey, Austin, we've been we've had you on the phone for over an hour now, man, and I know you're it's all at the good. airport still. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for my ride at the airport. Oh, man. cool! All right, on. <laughs> just so, chilling. But what 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 are the things that you have going on right now, and that and that you want to plug? Uh, well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I got going on that I can't plug yet because I got to wait until it actually comes to fruition. Yeah, I know. Uh, a lot of exciting are. stuff. I'm not um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously going back to the UK next week. I've got a, 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 I got some unfinished business with uh, Defiant Wrestling. I'll be yeah. taking care of on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, I'll be making an appearance, an appearance at an IPW show on Thursday to just kind of help promote the show on Sunday where I'll be taking on Mark Haskins. Uh, that show's sold out. They just released just a handful of standing room only tickets, but it's been sold out now. Um, you know, after that, you know, we kind of get to uh, the end of the year. I've got I've got one show uh, uh, on uh, December 30th for Excite Wrestling up in New York, and uh, and then we hit the new year. And I think once we get to the new year, 2018, uh, I'm gonna be making some moves and, and and shaking some things up, and uh, you you'll be seeing and hearing a lot of me uh, in, in, a, in a couple different areas that I'm I'm pretty excited about and. Uh, you know, uh, I think 2018 is going to be a really interesting year for me. I'm, I'm excited for everything that's in front of me. And, uh, yeah, you know what? Um, you know, sometimes blessings come come in disguises. And uh, as I'm seeing right now with everything that's uh, ahead of me, um, I'm feeling really blessed and lucky that there's all these opportunities that I'm about to take advantage of. Oh, for sure, man. Hey, there's always opportunity on the other on the other side of, like, of the shit that happens to us. You know, or the shit we go through. Yeah, absolutely. Through. And I'm so happy. You just kind of make sure you're looking for it. Yeah, man. You know? and, and that's not even going into the book stuff, man. Obviously, you can still get my book, AustinAriesBook.com. Um, you know, I'm, I'm selling more and more copies of those. Really, as I go to these wrestling shows, people are really, you know, want to get their hands on them and actually, you know, get them from me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working with a PR agency right now to kind of do some things for me outside the wrestling realm as far as more in the, in the you know, plant-based community, more in you know, television, restaurant type of things. So, yeah. Yeah, just, just got a lot of stuff shaking, and, and we'll see we'll see how it all plays out in the next few months. Cool. Hey, man, I'm going to let you go, man. And Well, not that you need me to let you go. You can go any <laughs> damn time you want. But uh, yeah. I, I'm really <laughs> – hey, man, I'm so grateful that, that you uh, gave gave us some of your time today last minute like this, especially just coming through customs and get getting the promo cut on you by the customs agent. <laughs> So, we got all that. It was cool. uh, all the all, every, all the listeners, all the listeners and viewers got got to hear some of that. It was pretty good. So, hey, well, that's man. why he was upset. He's like, you know, you're not supposed to hear anything I'm saying. I was like, oh no, I'm going to take the shit about that. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody can hear you. Hey, hey, did, did you did you plug your Twitter, your social media stuff, and and do you have a pro wrestling tea store? Yeah, man, I actually, uh, so I, I, I do have a pro wrestling piece, so it just got up. You can find my Brain Busters and Banana shirt on there. The Chiquita Aries shirt should be up there soon. Uh, you know, you can get my book there if you want. So, yeah, uh, you know, they, they probably still have some holiday sales. So take advantage of that. Show me some over over my pro wrestling piece store. And then my two, my two uh, platforms I use the most, my Twitter, at Austin Aries, and my Instagram, which has my middle name smushed in the middle, at Austin Healy Aries. And, uh, you know, I, I, I post some inspirational quotes. I post some pictures of food. I post some shirtless selfies because that gets the most attention. All you, yep. all you guys and girls out there, show me that love. <laughs> and uh, you know, just kind of keeping up with what I'm doing as I'm kind of traveling the world and, and having a lot of fun. Uh, you know, really being able to, uh, you know, 
enjoy my life and, 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 and be in control of it. And uh, there's a lot of cool shit happening, and you can follow it all there. I'm, man, I'm so happy that uh, that you ha- that you see how great things are uh, uh, moving forward and, you know, that there's all this waiting for you out here to take. And uh, uh, thanks again, man, for coming on, and, and have an awesome day, man. Yeah, thank you so much, Austin. Yeah, you too, man. Thank you, guys. And uh, I also want to I want to – I want to say you're welcome to the dirt sheets. I gave you a couple of good juicy uh, yeah, you quotes. You're going to be able to pull from this hour and a half, but you're going to take two sentences, and I can't wait to see what you guys have to say about tomorrow. <laughs> uh, shot, shooting on the writers, talking shit about. Uh, it's going to be awesome because there's a lot of there's a lot of goodness in this, but they're going to find the they're going to find those two or three nuggets to get those clicks. So those... have at it, boys, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> take care, man. Yeah. Oh, we woke up, Lou. All right. All right. I have a question. Yeah. Is anybody gonna hop on the vegan wagon now? I, I love meat way too much. Here's the thing: like, I'm not opposed to giving it a shot. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm not saying I'm for sure doing anything, but I would definitely incorporate some of that into my diet for sure. I would definitely take a day off from meat. You know how that goes? Like, you know, I mean, even if even if you're not doing it all the way, but like yeah, any little, little thing, like is is actually a positive. You don't eat meat with every meal. You can do it like one meal a day, and yeah. like that's how I went from that to vegetarian and to vegan. Yeah. Like, I mean, you don't have to do it, but your body doesn't need all that. So yeah. it's, I'm really looking forward to reading his book to see all that good stuff. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, there were some technical uh, issues, obviously, but um, it all came together well in the end. Yeah. Come on, I, I, you, you know it's going to be good when Austin Aries comes on. He's the so, greatest man that ever lived, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, hey, you guys, what do you want to talk about before we got to go? Anyone? Yeah. Don't you have anything to plug? Denise. Oh, go for it. All right, I'll go first. Sure. <laughs> All right, you guys can check me out on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo, and as always on YouTube, also Denise Salcedo. And at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Yes, yes. that's who. Jimbo. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the booth. Uh, you can check me out at uprocks.com, uh, with Spanish.com, uprocks.com, pro wrestling. And uh, we will definitely not take Austin Aries' uh, quotes out of context. No, we won't. <laughs> no clickbait on, on no. him. No. I'm, I'm just going to probably post about him talking about uh, the importance of veganism and how capitalism is. You don't have to America. take. There, there's really good stuff you don't have to take out of context yeah, I at don't, all. I, 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 don't, I try not to yeah. ever take anything out of context. No, that's, I wasn't implying you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so you can follow me on everything at TK Trinidad. I do have um, a toy drive. I'm going to be posting up there, and I'm also running the marathon to uh, do water pumps in Africa. So you can follow me up at TK Trinidad. Also, um, Xbox One Two Three Sixty on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. TK takes all those toys and gives them to her nieces and nephews, so she don't have to buy presents. <laughs> Anyway, shade. <laughs> <laughs> One niche, you only gets a few. <laughs> All right, everyone. I'm at the Real Xbox on Twitter, and I think it's at Real Xbox on on uh, Instagram. If I if I'm not mistaken, sure. At it's baby, at it's baby Lula. Shout and, out to uh, Lula sleeping on the couch. And we'll see you guys next week. I think we might have Conan come on. Yeah. Hey, dog. Yeah. Wolfman, bowdy, bowdy. Rowdy, rowdy. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. I think they shut us off. From executive producer, Maria Mononos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Zetek, 
Sean Hortland, producers Jimbo Frank and TK Trinidad, managing producer of AfterBuzz TV Wrestling, Mark Donica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff. We would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow X-Pac on Twitter at TheRealXPac and email us at xpoc12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!